All right. Good morning, everybody. Got uh, I had a rush up here. Uh, definitely wanted to get the sunrise. Started setting up, and that damn sunrise was like peaking uh, above the ocean. So I'm like, I ah, just turned the thing on. So give me a second. I gotta. I gotta just uh, do one thing. Enjoy the sunrise. I'll be right back. Walking on the moon. tell you how to put snow pants on i open up all the doors the sliding glass doors and uh it is really really cold this morning so oh if you think tiger was getting road uh favors from a working girl when he ran off the road that old gag <laughs> jesus that's an old gag what happened what happened what happened? I got to be honest, man. The Tiger Woods uh, news yesterday really bummed me out. Being a fan of Tiger Woods is uh, is exhausting. Uh, a lot of you know I came up as a caddy. Played a lot of golf myself. Um, I love the sport. I understand the sport. Um, my uh, Hold on. The dog needs a treat. I'm running out of treats, though. This is it. Go. Go. I got to do this now. Drunk driving no did you watch any of the news uh the media desperately wanted it to be drunk driving the media desperately wanted some floozy in the passenger seat the media desperately wanted it to be painkillers fact is he was late to get to the golf course he was doing a shoot with drew Brees. i think oprah winfrey was involved and he was speeding down uh, this stretch of uh, road that is known to have a lot of car crashes, had a little bend action. Uh, I don't know if he uh, looked down at his phone or, or what, but something drastically went wrong. And he, he had a horrific uh, car accident. And uh, it's just so frustrating for, for Tiger Woods fans like myself because we watched the comeback. This guy was uh, on pace to beat uh, Jack Nicklaus's um, uh, record. The majors record and he was also on pace to have the most wins in pga history and now he's tied for the most wins in pga history and uh he's falling short of jack nicholas's record and i'm here to say i i don't i don't think he plays competitive golf ever again and that's why the coverage around the clock yesterday you idiots i'm talking to you greg gutfeld that's why you dope 
because everybody that understands Tiger Woods and his career and cares about sports, they knew they were looking at the end of Tiger Woods' career no matter what. And that's why they had the around-the-clock coverage yesterday. Stop trying to find something that's not there. That's a statement for the media in general. At the press conference, they asked a hundred different ways if Tiger Woods was impaired or drunk or was getting a blowjob. And the fact is, it was just a tragic, tragic um, accident. And I do believe that ends his playing career. I mean, for a while yesterday, they weren't sure if the guy was going to live through it. Uh, and then reports came out that uh, that one of the first responders says uh, he's pretty surprised that Tiger Woods is alive. And, and he uh, contributes that to Tiger wearing a seatbelt and um, the safety of our vehicles these days. Morning, oh, why was Tiger a billionaire driving a Genesis? <laughs> William Welch. <laughs> why didn't the roof of his vehicle have a scratch on it, Karen says. Are you saying there's something something not right here? Are you a QNOT person? There were no scratches on the hood of the uh, uh, the, the top of his car. Let me get on a Reddit QNOT board and get this going. God damn it. <laughs> I don't know why. I wasn't there. But I, I do believe after uh, watching the coverage all day long and and they, they showed where he went in, <clears throat> excuse me, on the side of the road and tumbled and took out all sorts of trees and you saw how the car was a complete fucking mess. I believe that Tiger Woods was in a horrific car accident yesterday. You just saw the end of his playing uh, career. That's, that's why it was so important yesterday. Everyone saw the spot or know the – and now we all know the day that his playing career ended. And they're like, don't count Tiger out now. I like to think. I mean, he's the type of guy that will do everything he possibly can to get on the golf course uh, one more time. And I don't mean uh, just uh, on the golf course to have fun, but to actually uh, compete. So you know he would. he's going to try to do everything possible. But uh, there's more info coming out about his leg, and it's fucking terrible, man. He. He had uh, compound fractures, which mean uh, the, bo the bone goes right through the skin, right? That's what that means? Yeah, Sarah, a, co a, commin a comminuted open fracture. I think that's how you say that. Uh, two breaks on a bone and poking out of the skin. He was conscious for first responders. Ouch, ouch, and ouch. Yeah, and then he uh, pretty much shattered his ankle, I think. And then they had to open up his, uh, I don't know, there's a layer of tissue that protects the muscles, the, I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly. I didn't go to medical school. My nephew's a brain surgeon. I should have at least called him. But I guess to relieve pressure, they had to cut into that um, that tissue. And that's not good either. So, I mean, he's a mess. I'm praying. I pray differently than you guys. I'll do some ohms and, and I'll, I'll go, go meditate a little bit. And Tiger will certainly... Uh, come up a little bit during that process but i uh i pray for him uh as a man today i pray that he first of all can walk again second of all i pray that he's not going to be in a lot of pain moving forward and third of all I, I hope he's able to uh be able to enjoy his life with his kids and that all that other horse shit that that will be bonus stuff i absolutely love tiger woods I know as a shock jock, uh, I was part of making fun of uh, making uh, jokes when they were appropriate. 
Uh, but uh, and I guess that proves my point too, because you, you shouldn't make fun and you should make jokes about things that you like as well, not just stuff you don't like. But um, being a caddy at the Huntington Crescent Club for like twelve years, maybe even more, playing golf most of my life until my lower back uh, started really getting pretty fucked up with herniated discs. I would love to get back on a golf course again. Matter of fact, my grandma. If she was alive, would be a hundred and uh, eleven. <laughs> oh my god! And my dad, if he was alive, would be ninety-one. Uh, I remember, I remember sitting down at my parents' house on a Sunday, and Tiger's about to win another major or another tournament, or whatever. And my grandma was into it, my dad was into it, and I was in into it. So uh, Tiger brought back some. Uh, some really nice memories over the years as well. So, um, but I don't know, man. It does not look good. It does not look good. His leg. I think it's his lower right leg, right, Sarah? Sarah seems to know because she uh, she threw that word at me early in the morning, and I I could barely pronounce it. And then and then uh, I don't even know what it actually means. Uh, Opie, do you think you've improved mentally since you're falling out with Anthony? Seems like you were pretty messed up at the time. Sam Toledo, uh, my mental health was always strong, my friend. Um, I was never, I was never severely mentally ill. I had something called uh, irritable depression, which comes on when you uh, are in a situation that you feel trapped in and you feel like there's really no way out. So you become incredibly irritable and depressed at the same time. Um, that was the diagnosis I, I got after seeing two or three uh, specialists and going through therapy. Um, I didn't really need to do anything for that. What I needed to do was to remove myself from the, the situation, which uh, obviously happened uh, naturally. At the end of the opiate Anthony years, I, uh, my, my blood pressure would go up every morning really bad. And I'm a, I'm a relatively uh, healthy guy. My, my uh, resting uh, heart, uh, my resting pulse, whatever, is like below 60 usually. Um, I started to stop breathing. I would hold my breath. These were all things I did because I didn't want to be there anymore. After I left that situation, things uh, came together uh, very, very quickly. Uh, and it's funny because uh, I got a mom that's severely mentally ill. Um, one of seven kids. None of us have uh, severe mental issues whatsoever. Thank God. And because I shared that over the years, uh, the haters quickly want to put my mom's bullshit on me and, and say dumb stuff like you're just like your mom and blah, 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 blah. It, it's all the horseshit you got to deal with when you're in the public eye. All us kids, we were very, very paranoid about... Um, my mom's issues and what that would mean to us in our lives. So uh, most of us, I can't speak for everybody, but most of us have uh, have focused on that and realized that that's a real possibility and something to be worried about. And uh, and uh, we're we're all we're all doing just fine. Jay Hale with the ten dollars on the YouTube. So I hope that answers your question, my friend. Um, I'm definitely a, a much happier person um, these days for. For many years now, I would say, uh, yeah, man, I would say, uh, sorry to Ant, but I would say I've been a much happier person for six and a half years, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, look, I can't blame him for for everything, you know, that, that show, we've 
discussed was a goddamn pressure cooker. Very, very stressful to uh, compete and perform on that level. It didn't leave me uh, much of a life outside the show. A lot of those things are my fault. Uh, I, I couldn't find the balance, unfortunately. So uh, the one thing I needed after after I uh, left was balance in my life. And uh, thank God I got that. So I don't know much about what goes on where Anthony works at his company. I, I truly don't. I was thinking about it yesterday because something popped up. Um, Anthony has a partner uh, uh, called Dave uh, Dave Landau, I think. And I can honestly say I've never heard a minute of Dave Landau with Anthony. Uh, and I know that's hard for people to believe, but I just, I, I, I never search any of this stuff out. On the latest episode of the OP Radio podcast, people asked me about the, the terrible uh, Reddit board that had uh, the show name associated with it and how uh, was I aware of it and all the hate and then how some of the hate uh, went off me and went on to Jimmy and Ant. And uh, people couldn't believe that I, I didn't go there and read the stuff. I know in broad strokes it was a terrible place and that they really were incredibly unfair to me and uh, uh, really put a lot of hate toward me and my family and my young kids. That makes all the sense in the world, right? But I didn't actually go there and read the shit. I don't search out any of this stuff. I just avoid all of it. The only thing I know about uh, David hilarious, Richard Cooper says, good. I I, ho I hope he is, and I hope they, I hope they do well. I don't I don't really, I I have no skin in the game. I, I worry about me and uh, and building maybe another audience. But uh, the one thing I do know about Dave Landau, because I listen to Brother Weeze, and Brother Weeze plays clips from uh, comics, you know, coming in and out of breaks at times. And uh, there was a really funny bit I heard. And then he said it was uh, this comedian, Dave Landau, and it, it's him breaking down uh, the Journey song, Don't Stop Believing." And uh, Weez loves that clip. He plays it from time to time. And I heard it a couple times walking this beach. And I laughed out loud going, God, that's a really funny bit. And I'm here to tell you that's the only time I've heard the guy. I don't know anything about his comedy. I've never heard him with Anthony. That's, that's just it. And I know that amazes people, but... Uh, that is the truth. And I know Carl met Dave Landau because I think, uh, I think, don't hold me to this, but I think Dave Landau went down to La Cubana one night. And uh, Carl, Carl called me up and said, uh, Dave Landau had a lot of nice things to say about you. And that's it. That's all I know. I know that sounds crazy, but you learn there's a lot of people out there that hate your fucking guts when you're in the public eye. And if you want to find uh, hate, I guarantee it would take me 30 seconds to do so. So, But why would I do it? Pat Duffy, from the clips I've seen where Ant is talking shit, Dave seems to kind of take the high road and has even said positive things during these otherwise negative rants. Oh, all right. I like hearing that. Opie, who are your new favorite comics currently? Any up-and-comers, dude? I was just talking to... I'll, I was talking to Judd Jones, who's a very funny comic, and I like uh, doing these live streams with him. You'll definitely see him uh, uh, on a regular basis. But I also told him, dude, I, I can't have another uh, I co-host. He said, I understand. I'm like, thank you for understanding. I just can't do it. I go, but I really like you. And uh, we should do. We should de definitely uh, continue doing these together because we definitely have a little chemistry, you know. 
but I told them yesterday, God, here's all the honest stuff. You get me early in the morning before I have uh, time to think. I don't like stand-up comedy anymore. I'm exhausted by it. I'm really, uh, I have a bad taste taste in my mouth for, for most comedians these days because they all went into my business and they think they could do this. And some of them certainly can, but most can't. And then the other problem is that the com- uh, the comedians that I, I do like and did my uh, shows over the years, all they do is each other's podcast day after day after day. The whole thing is just one big blur now because you don't know what uh, you don't know what podcast stands out anymore especially if they're all having the exact same guests on so i told judge jones you know my goal moving forward is certainly i'll, I'll throw some uh, comics on people i actually am friends with and like uh but that's not gonna be my main focus i want i want to try to find interesting people because i truly believe and this will bother comedians because this is all a lot of them got you talk to most people they're fucking funny. And and the challenge is to try to get the funny stuff out of some of these people. You know, uh, calm them down, make sure they're relaxed. And uh, you find most people are pretty fucking funny. And comedians, a lot of them, that's all they got, man. Their whole goal is to be the funniest guy in the room at that moment. And that's pretty much their lives. Oh, God, I shouldn't have admitted that. Just, but look, that's why you should that's why you should watch these on a regular basis because my guard is down when the sun is coming up and I'm having my first cup of coffee. But I'll tell you, I um because of Mike bon- Bonfiglio, I almost could say his name. Great documentary filmmaker. He did the Patrice O'Neill documentary, which it seems like most people really, really liked. The criticisms are very minor. Bert Kreischer is the only stand-up specials uh, special I could stand anymore. Uh, look, I'm not taking anything away from People like Burt Kreischer. I'll tell you, people like Burt Kreischer are still unique. Uh, Bobby Lee is still unique. Um, I think Chris Stefano is still unique. Um, but there's a lot of comedians. They're 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 very similar in nature to each other. Uh, who else? Uh, of course, uh, Doug Stanhope, Rich Voss. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's a hack. Stupid Voss. Think Voss thinks he's more than he is. He's relax, Voss. You're all right, but relax. Know your place. Um, but anyway, uh, Mike Bonfiglio and the and the, the feedback on the documentary was good. Some people wish there was more ONA in it. Some people wish uh, Anthony was in it. I, I have no idea why Anthony uh, Anthony. I don't even know if Anthony sat down for an interview. I have no idea. I don't know the ins and outs of any of that stuff. Uh, like I said, broad strokes. I, I uh, texted Bill Burr to say that the documentary came out great. And then he quickly said he had nothing to do with it. He was literally um, telling, uh, giving Mike Bonfiglio like phone numbers of comedians to call so they could sit down and be interviewed for the thing. But he, he basically said that he didn't do much for that documentary. And it was all Mike Bonfiglio. And uh, when I was talking to Mike on my podcast, I didn't realize he did the Jerry Seinfeld um, documentary. It's called uh, Jerry Before Seinfeld. And basically, Jerry goes back to uh, the... Uh, where did he go back to? Uh, oh, shit, the stand? Where the fuck did Jerry go back to? He used to come in from Long Island, from Massapequa, as a young comedian. And he went back all those years later, and they filmed the documentary as uh, Jerry was back on that stage for the first time in uh, many, many years. And Mike was talking about how he did that documentary, and I'm like, oh, I hate Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know why I do this. 
Um, I think Jerry Seinfeld's a very talented comedian. Uh, duh. And of course, he had one of the most successful sitcoms ever. Uh, but I think, I think the biggest mistake, well, it wasn't a mistake because it was going to happen. When Larry David popped on the scene with his own show, finally, you realized, oh, my God, you realize the real brains behind the Jerry Seinfeld show. No offense to Jerry, all that weird quirkiness and shit. But anyway, and then comedians in cars, I, I wanted to like, but I think Jerry's too much on the spectrum for it to, to feel real. It felt like a lot of the conversations were really forced, and, and which was unfortunate because it had so many really, really funny guys. And with that said, I, I watched a lot of comedians in cars. It, I mean, it, it, maybe I'm being a little uh, too critical. So because of that, Mike goes, you, gotta, you, you do have to check out Jerry before Seinfeld. And I checked it out, and I really, really liked it, which goes against my whole thing about um, not really uh, watching stand-up comedy anymore. I kind of avoid it. But I really, really liked it, and it was put together well. And uh, Jerry was, uh, you know, spot on and hilarious. And the little uh, cut-ins that Mike did with Jerry were really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Seinfeld is the most overrated comic of all time. I, he is. I always went for more of the uh, edgier guys, but I don't think Seinfeld is overrated at all. I, I he was just not my uh, my type of comedian when I was looking for comedy back in the day. You know, I was a Bill Hicks, I was a George Carlin guy, I was a uh, uh, Andy Kaufman guy, I was a Brian Regan guy, Bill Burr when he started popping, those type of guys. So uh, I don't think Jerry's overrated at all. It's funny because when I was working in uh, Rochester, New York at uh, WCMF, the home of rock and roll, that's where I cut my teeth in radio, basically, although I had a, a professional job before that in uh, Geneva at CQ 102, hit music and more, you know, where they would play Led Zeppelin and Anita Baker. And sometimes it would go with Led Zeppelin and then the next song would be Anita Baker. It didn't make sense, but they had to like. They had to take care of the whole community, so they knew they had some rock fans, they had some uh, R&B fans, so the, their music was a mess. And the program director back then had one eye, which really creeped me out at my um, my uh, my interview. I didn't know which eye to look at, um, and I started moving to the side because I thought that was the eye I was supposed to look at. This is a true story. God. Uh, anyway. But when I was at, in Rochester at WCMF and really learning radio with uh, Stan Main and uh, who else? Uh, and Brother Weez, of course, and Mark Cronin and Pete Coughlin. These guys really knew radio. I was lucky enough to go to the local comedy club and see all the comedians. And uh, I had front row tickets at a small comedy club to see Jerry Seinfeld. And I had my feet on the stage watching Jerry. I never forgot that. And I remember laughing my ass off, by the way. I think my comedy taste, uh, you know, changed after that point in general. But I don't think he's overrated at all. And I think that documentary, I'm here to say I was wrong. Mike Bonfiglio goes, you got to check it out. I think you'll like it. And I'm here to say that I have to admit that I was wrong. The damn thing was really good. And then that led me, I'm, I guess I'm asked, answering the, the comedian question a little bit here, but then that uh, led me to Gary Goldman's special that Mike Bonfiglio also did. Um, basically, it's same style as the Jerry Seinfeld documentary where it's Gary Goldman's set, but then they have some cut-ins here and there that tell a story. 
And to the person that was asking me about my mental health earlier, oh my, I, I, I think about Gary Goldman. I got to get him on this thing. We were supposed to do a podcast uh, before the shutdown. And then I kind of just, I guess, obviously blew it off. But man, I hope he's doing all right. I mean, he is fighting the good fight. Um, and his documentary and his special, he's, uh, he's discussing his mental illness. And it sounds like at the time of the filming of the special, it looked like he had all his shit together. But it also sounded like this is going to be a lifelong struggle for real. For some people, they get the right medication and they could go years without really even truly struggling with it. But I just feel with Gary Goldman, man, he's got a he's got a lifelong struggle on his hands, and I I, I hope he's doing well. But with that said, his uh, his documentary, which you could also find, uh, where was that? I think that was on HBO. Uh, his stand up is raw hilarious and just downright honest he is admitting a lot of stuff in that special about his mental health and he makes it really really funny and i think that's the job of a comedian to find those those touchy subjects you know find those gray areas find uh find the line even where's the line oh that's where the line is well i'm jumping over that with two feet and i'm gonna make it funny that's right that's what i'm gonna do those are the successful guys that understand how to do that. Sarah, please remind the pod squad to take care of themselves and their mental health. My brother took his life a year ago today. It's okay to get help. Jesus. Sorry to hear that, Sarah. Uh, Chris Shoplock. Hey, did you hear Tiger Woods was in a crash? I hope you're just fucking with me. He ain't playing golf anymore. We, we went over that, that earlier. Earlier. Now look, it's uh, we're 32 minutes in, but I, I I started early. If if it's all right with you guys, I got to run downstairs to get another cup of coffee, and then maybe another dog treat. But you got a nice view. Talk among yourselves, and uh, I I should be less than a minute, and we can continue for a little longer because it's really early. It's only what 7:05. All right, I'll be right back. I got to trust you guys now. Shit. Come on, doggy. Walking on the moon. I would love to know who took over as uh, as I left. Did a did a leader show themselves after I left? I just went downstairs. I had CNN on, and I know saying that will trigger a few of you, but I had CNN on, and that Gupta, I think his name's Gupta, was just talking about the Tiger Woods uh, injury, and they basically just said that. Uh, they were really worried about his leg. I'm not sure if he's out of the out of the woods yet. <laughs> they um, they're talking about how they're pretty much trying to save his leg, or they already saved his leg. I don't know because we're not getting a lot of info from the the, the hospital. But Gupta basically said that type of injury. Um, he he thinks that they were absolutely trying to save the leg. Can you imagine? Told you, Justin uh, Johnston, fuck CNN. <laughs> they are not as bad as uh, they've been made out to be, my friend. But with that said, you really should watch a whole bunch of news sources. The mistake we all make is uh, turning on one, and that's that. Come on, Ope, CNN, Stephen Dewey. And Stephen Tui is saying, yes, they are. CNN is that bad. I, I, I might lose Stephen Tui as a fan over CNN. 
I don't really believe uh, any of them, really. But I flip around, and then I try to make my own uh, my own thoughts and my own decisions on shit. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> oh, the other thing, and I guess it goes to the whole CNN and how we uh, pick sides. Um, a lot of hate towards Tiger Woods yesterday. A lot. And I, I discussed this on the latest episode of the OP Radio podcast, how people justify their own hate. They would think they're morally sound as they're throwing hate at someone that was hateful. So you got someone, a public figure, right? They do some very hateful things and they say some very, very terrible things. And that uh, allows the person to justify doing the exact same thing towards that person. And I've never understood that because I, I really believe it's pretty much the same thing. Don't think you're morally sound because you're you're uh, hating on someone that is a that uh, that is hateful or said hateful things. That doesn't make you a good person. It makes you just as bad as the person you're attacking, don't you think? But anyway, uh, the reason why Tiger Woods got so much hate yesterday was because he's a Trump supporter. Now I've made it clear I'm not a uh, I'm not a Trump guy. I didn't believe that he was going to completely ruin the country because I don't really believe that uh, the president could make sweeping changes anymore. But I, he wasn't my guy, and I don't really have a guy. I don't, I'm not a Biden guy because that's what's going to pop up next, that I'm a libtard, a snowflake, a, a lefty, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my, my thoughts lean more right, to be honest with you, but uh, I, don't, I wasn't a Trump guy. I'm not a Biden guy. Maybe in my lifetime I will actually believe in one of these idiots. But with that said, um, Tiger was a Trump guy. Tiger went to the White House. Tiger got some kind of medal um, put around his neck in a ceremony. I don't know which uh, medal. And um, because of that, people were hating on Tiger Woods, who's a family man, who's really had to figure out a lot of sh personal shit in his life. And he came all the way back, and he's, he's at peace, and he loves being with his family, and he loves finally playing golf. And... Uh, Opie, with starting at this time a strategy to steal more Jim Sam viewers and Sirius will have to cancel their that train wreck soon. I, Jim and Sam, unfortunately, uh, uh, it's not even a thought in my head until I look down at a comment like that. Some of these I read cold. That one I literally read cold. Uh, no, there's no strategy. I, I, I don't compete with Jim and Sam. I, I do this for me. And that's it. And if the audience uh, continues to grow, great. If not, that's okay, too, because uh, when we started this uh, a year or two ago, there were like 20 people watching these every morning. That was it. And now the numbers have uh, steadily uh, grew. I, I don't compete with Jim and Sam. Please don't do that to me. Honestly, if you want to know, uh, people I, I, uh, I'm not ready, or and I don't know if I'll ever be, but when I think about competing, it's people like uh, Joe Rogan, uh, Burt Kreischer, Bill Burr, uh, Howard Kinda. That's when I start thinking about com actually competing. Those are the people I focus on. Not not a silly show like Jim and Sam. No. Uh, Benjamin Tucker, why is his accident news? Well, because Tiger's been with us for our, our entire lives. My God, and and all the ups and downs and all the rounds, and then like he makes that huge comeback and he wins the Masters uh, two weeks ago, uh, two years ago. Excuse me which is uh, a perfect ending for a movie. And then uh, he was still playing golf, and then he got sneaky, 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 and he got another operation two days before Christmas, and no one really knew about it, and he was healing from that. 
And uh, it was looking like he probably wouldn't play the Masters this year, but everyone was still hoping at 45 he could still have more competitive years on the PGA. And then this horrific car accident happens yesterday, and I think in everyone's mind, after they saw the the, the wreck of the car and, and the first reports were coming in, I think everyone realized in their heads that this is the end of Tiger Woods' career. And I think that's why it was massive news yesterday, more than anything. But uh, I don't understand, because Tiger Woods is a Trump supporter, why people were wishing him death yesterday. On the Twitter, I, I honestly, I, I got to figure it out. I think the easiest thing to do would just to just literally just delete my account. Uh, I, I think Twitter is just not a healthy place for anybody. And, uh, and I'm sure I've, uh, you know, I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I've added to that over the years, but I'm trying to be a better person every day. I wake up and I try to be a better person. <laughs> so I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But, uh, I, I, you turn on Twitter and th there's this horrific accident that happened and people, because he supported Trump, wished him death. And they're like, is he dead yet? And they meant it. I actually had a tweet yesterday that I, I tweeted and I just wrote, uh, Tiger Woods is a terrible driver. You know, I wasn't even going for the joke. I wasn't even going for uh, for some edgelord stuff. I guess when you do stuff like that, you're an edgelord. I tweeted that without even thinking out of my frustration of being a Tiger Woods fan. This is truly my fucking thought process because this is the third significant car accident he's had. He had the one where the wife was trying to hit him in the head with a, what iron was it? I forgot, like a seven iron. The seven iron would be the best club to hit someone over the head if you really need to know. Well, nah, I would, I mean, the wedges get a little short though. Hold on, let me think this over for a second. What club would be the best club to use to hit someone over the head? That stupid two iron, hell no. The one, the driving iron, God no. The woods, no. The putter, no. There's no balance to the putter when you're swinging it. Uh, the wedge, it can't be, no, I don't think it is the wedge. I would go, where am I golfing? I would, I would have to say a seven or an eight iron would be the best iron to hit someone in the head with, not the five. The five is still a little too long. The sandwich, no, because it's too scoopy. But anyway, uh, so he he had that accident where, where his wife wanted to hit him in the head with a golf club. Then he had, thank God it wasn't an accident, but he basically fell asleep while he was driving a car. And he was uh, fast asleep on the side of the road. And it turned out it was his medication. Uh, they found the car still running and him completely out cold in the driver's seat. That could have been uh, a really, really bad situation. He's lucky on that one. And then yesterday, so I just quickly, like, it was stupid. I picked up my Twitter and I just went, Tiger was a t he's a, an awful driver. And then obviously there's a little punt action in there, a little golf punt and all that. And then, uh, then some lady, like, I guess she got to me because she, you know, I guess – well, this is the problem with uh, any any kind of comedy. She basically said I should know better because I have kids, and she lost a family member in a car accident. And then I quickly wanted to just go at it with her, like, well, I lost my dad in a car accident. And then I was like, you know what? Ah. So I deleted it. And then I guess haters, like, they screen capped it, and now they're trying to make a thing out of it. But I just felt like it was uh, – I don't know. I felt like it was inappropriate. I felt like uh, if I was going for a joke or something like that, then so be it. I would live by that. But 
I was just so frustrated when I when I heard the news. I, I went shopping and I got home and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I thought it was a minor accident. And then it turns out that the car flipped over and over and over again. God. Lost my brother in a car wreck. Funny things and still be funny. Eric uh, Wazinski. Yeah, man. I think that I think that's lost on people. I think you can make fun of anything as long as it's really, really funny. You know, there were sometimes uh, I had a hard time with jokes on the ONA show. I hated the the kid death humor on the Opie and Anthony show. Always did. Fucking hated it. And mostly because, and I try to stay out of the way of that, but um, I failed at times. I, I showed my disdain probably on my face because I really fucking hated that humor. I didn't think that was uh, the type of humor that was going to get us to a maybe a, a larger audience. But what do I know? Because we had a pretty damn large audience. But it was based on you know personal experience with my dad and what he went through with uh, with having two sons, you know, die. Uh, when they were very, very little, I mean, very little, like, I don't even know. I'd have to ask my sister, but, uh, they, uh, they weren't on this earth too long. So, and I know the pain that caused my dad, but I can't, I, but I can't also be that person that's, that preach. You shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to lie to you. That always hit a nerve over the years. And then of course, I don't even think, uh, Jimmy or Ann know this because I had to take all the fucking calls. But I had, uh, and look, I didn't like the guy. I have to say that. And he had terrible fucking breath. But when we first went to XM, we were hired by a guy named uh, Hugh Pinero. We had to take a train ride down to Washington. And we were excited because we were going to make our big comeback on this new medium called uh, Satellite Radio. And we're in a conference room waiting for this guy to come in. And we're going to sign a contract down there. Uh, a shitty contract, by the way, but that's okay. I mean, we're dead in the water. And uh, he walks in, his, his opening line was like, uh, I don't like you guys. And I'm no Mel Carmazin, because Mel Carmazin really liked me and Anthony. He was really frustrated that we wouldn't leave Howard alone, but he understood talent. And he really liked us. He just wished, uh, wished that we behaved more. And at the end of my run with, um, with Mel Carmazin, we became pretty chummy. I would go up into his office and just hang out and talk to him and stuff. And we walked home a, a few times. I think I told you that story. He told me uh, it was all on the up and up, but he said, buy the serious stock. And I was like, it's a, it's a penny stock. And he laughed at me. He's like, buy the stock. And I wish I listened to him because I had a few uh, bucks laying around. And those few bucks honestly would have been worth millions. But I was like, it's a stupid penny stock, Mel. No offense because you're running the company. And, uh, you know, Maybe you'll make your money through advertisers. But, uh, oh, my God, I get stiffly here. Um, so, yeah, Hugh Panera walks in and basically goes, uh, I don't like you guys, but I understand why it would be important for me to hire you for this company. And I'm no Mel Carmazin, basically saying I ain't going to put up with any shit. So I remember looking at Anthony and we're like, well, don't have any other offers, so now we have to sign this contract. And I think that set us up for our entire career at Satellite Radio. I mean, we started on a bad foot. No offense, Tiger. We never really uh, felt fully embraced by the company. Although Eric Logan definitely um, helped a lot of that stuff until he ran away and, and joined Oprah Winfrey. Hugh Panero. So I, I, I talked about this in uh, uh, broad strokes, but basically one of my frustrations with the guys is the fact that I had to take all the calls. I, I 
I have no doubt that if Anthony or Jimmy, because they were the two other main players, if they were taking phone calls from bosses, it was very minimal at best. And I had to take all of them. Whether it was my agent calling every day with the latest issue, and I'm, I got to talk to, I got to, it was either I got to talk to Scott back in the days, I got to talk to Ken, I got to talk to Jeremy, I got to talk to Eric Logan, I got to talk to Mel, I got to talk to Greenstein, and then days would be spent on this garbage. So, um, and those guys didn't have to deal with that. But Hugh Panero really hated the, uh, the uh, the kid humor, and I remember I was going to my uh, niece's. I think it was my niece's uh, christening, maybe. And I'm in the parking lot while my family is really enjoying this moment, and he's screaming at me. I remember I was pacing, walking uh, in the parking lot next to a dumpster of all places. How appropriate, right? And he's yelling and screaming. He's like, that's not good for your brand. It's not good for our company. It's not good for our, uh, for anybody. And I remember saying, well, then you got to talk to the guys about it. I, I don't think I ever, you know, I might have I told the guys that I had another just phone call from Hugh and he was yelling and screaming at me. And he said something. He goes, know what you guys need? You guys all need to uh, become fathers and have kids to understand I remember that like it was yesterday. I don't think I don't think my comedy has changed because I became a father at all. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. To be honest with you, I'm getting really sniffly. I I just told Judd yesterday. I said I'm going to jinx it. I go I go this coronavirus. The one thing about it, when it's over, I'm going to continue washing my hands, staying away from people, in a more normal way, obviously, and I'm going to wear a mask. I'm gonna get the coolest mask, not these surgical masks that make you look like an idiot. I gotta sneeze. <laughs> Coronavirus! I fucking jinxed it. This is what I was talking to uh, Judd Jones about yesterday. Yeah, I, I said, when this is all said and done, I'm going to just get a really nice mask and continue wearing a mask in public uh, between November and April. Because I, in the last year, because of the coronavirus, I haven't been sick. As I sneeze here, but I did say yesterday, I know I'm going to jinx this. I go, I haven't been sick. Usually I've had strep by now this season. Uh, the flu, most years I get because I always forget to get the flu shot because when you're supposed to get the flu shot, it's still glorious and nice out there. And you're like, I don't need the stupid flu shot until it gets cold. And then it's always too late. I'm, I'm that idiot. But I've had nothing in the last year. And I'm like, there's something to be said about uh, washing your hands, uh, social, socially distancing. And wearing a mask. And then I go, Judd, what about those flu people? And he started laughing. I go, the, the argument is, well, what happened to the flu? Don't you find it strange that the flu went away? And I'm like, no, it's not strange. It's, it's basic common sense. If you wash your hands, stay away from people and actually wear a mask, you're going to get a lot less sick, including hopefully not getting the coronavirus. Oh, Sarah, you do that too? Yelling coronavirus after sneeze is what you do at your house? There you go. I knew I there was a reason I liked Sarah. Oh, now my nose is itchy. Maybe it's a little allergy. Do we got some stupid things starting to bloom? There's some stupid things that start blooming on these dunes in early spring that get me a going. I don't know. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> Radio.
boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs>